This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Everyone's a critic. In the fall of 1980, an influenza pandemic swept the planet. Happy birthday to you. You're in unity, son. Yes, they called it out on a train. Story. But it said he just talked about how everyone in Halifax had the flu. Young people mostly. Hello, you're listening to Everyone's a Critic. I'm Sharmila Ganesan. And joining me today to review a play is Dashon Johan from the Bigger Picture team. Hello, nice to be here. I'm actually quite excited for this. My first time on the show. First time on the show. First time, well, even for me, really, to mm-hmm. review a play like this. Um, getting into it, it's called Unity 1918. It's being presented by KL Pack. So it's a play that was filmed, um, but it's really meant to be watched uh, as a video because it's filmed with a very filmic sensibility in mind. Yes. Uh, but it is filmed on a stage uh, in the KL Pack uh, stage, actually. Um, so it's Unity 1918. It's by Kevin Kerr and um, it will be available for streaming from the 18th to the 29th of March. So uh, Dash and I got a uh, an advance mm-hmm. preview. Um, it's an interesting play to review during this time. Yes, because it it's said in 1918, there's a plague, the flu. And um, what what's interesting about it is it, the the place reminded me in terms of story or in terms of the way um, it's formatted, so, so to speak, right? It reminds me a little bit about uh, Little Women, right? Mm. Because it's period, it's set uh, at the background of the, of the flu and there's a war, but technically it's not about the flu, right? It's not about people trying to g- cure, find a cure for the flu. It's not people, tr- uh, soldiers in battle, but rather what these teenagers or young adults, um, what, what they're going through, their, 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 their relationship with their with their family, their friends. And and basically, especially at the start, these people are kind of unaware of what's going on and how this town, what makes it interesting is basically this town sort of in a way gets blindsided by the flu. They're now only experiencing it and, and how that sort of affects their day-to-day life. And I think that's very fascinating. So this town that, that we're talking about is mm-hmm. actually Saskatchewan. Uh, well, the town is called Unity mm-hmm. uh, and it's in Saskatchewan in Canada. Uh, Kevin Kerr is a Canadian playwright. Um, and yeah, so it's set against this backdrop of the 19, uh, of the of the influenza pandemic, yep. which famously um, killed in Canada more people in the few months that uh, the pandemic was around compared to all of the people who died in the world in World War One. Um, so it's it's still a sort of very dark period in world history in Canadian history, and it doesn't take too much to guess why they decided to stage this play now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's both almost in a weird way the best time and the worst time to watch a play like this because it both feels so familiar and almost too familiar. Mm. And and that's not to say you shouldn't watch it because I actually very much enjoyed the experience of watching it. But it isn't always the easiest to watch. I yeah, think. It's, it's definitely not easy to watch because uh, while it's set in 1918, like you said, it's easy to see why they have uh, picked this particular time, right? And and going, uh, when you're watching it, a lot of it feels uh, difficult or because it's sort of 
it's very it's sort of a thing where like a meditative watch or something where you're really like reflecting on the on what you're seeing on screen and also thinking oh a lot of it is very familiar right because if you even if you think about uh, us in in 2020 2021 when early 2020 when when the when the when the covid-19 pandemic was starting to go you know spread across the world if, if you think about it even in malaysia a lot of us were kind of lackadaisical about it until march right because we were like oh this is not going to affect us. We can, it was too big a concept for oh, us to comprehend. Oh, it'll be like a couple of months and Com- then we're done. Yes, yeah. you know, and, and this is in a time where we have all sorts of access to information. We actually know what's going on in another country and how they are struggling to, 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 to sort of combat the virus, where this one is even worse, right? Because you don't know. All you're hearing of is probably rumours. You're hearing about stories people are telling you. People are in the, in the, in the, in the play, the characters at the start are so... Um, weirdly fascinated by the flu, right? Because they are wondering how is it spreading? Is it the soldiers? Um, and what happens when it spreads? So to see like the slow realization that the characters go through, and and to and to really sort of experience it with them and see how things go from you know when it starts, they, everyone is just you know, happy, they're very free spirited, and then how sort of they, their life gradually changes towards a more poignant um, uh, sort of uh, emotional state towards the end. So I liked that they didn't adapt the play. Mm. I like that they didn't decide to um, maybe modernize it or change uh, and make it more set today. I liked that it was very much contained within this era and this period. Um, But what I also liked is very much because of the way it's directed and staged, um, it never fails to remind you that it's set in today. Um, and this gets into how they decided to play with the fact that it's both a play and a film. Yes. Um, so it's directed by Tung Jit Yang, uh, co-directed by Don Cheong, who is also in the play herself. Um, and essentially, you see the staging being filmed. You see them moving in and out of the scene. The camera often pans and shows you the empty theatre, which is a very sort of vivid reminder of um, how much the arts have changed in the last one year here in Malaysia. Um, You see, uh, it sort of really runs all over KLPAC. They have outdoor scenes where the camera moves outside. They have scenes in little rooms set in like back rooms of KLPAC. And all of this, I think, adds to the sense of, um, yes, we're, we're watching one story, but it's also also contained within a different story and that different story is our story yes and that is especially when you know sort of what the theater community or the arts community as a whole has been going through last year right the struggles because of in our reality COVID-19 how a lot of them uh, weren't able to carry out their week-to-week plays or you know all these big things are sell tickets and whatnot and so in, in on that sense it is it does feel like a story within a story but what I found very fascinating perhaps the most fascinating thing about this is how yes there are props um, people are in in costumes and whatnot but it's not very polished right this isn't um, even if you were to watch let's say a live performance of this on the day, let's say if they are doing a, a showcase and you get to buy tickets, it will feel a lot more polished in this in that sense compared to what you're watching here. And mm. I don't mean that in a negative way. It's it, it's especially if you like theater, if you like uh, things like this. I think it's a very fascinating experience because it almost feels like they are filming a dress rehearsal or, or one of their rehearsal sessions, but. 
and and so it a lot of it i think a lot of the the, the responsibility then falls on the shoulders of the actors to make sure that they you are not sucked out of the reality because they because it's very easily if you see them push uh, it, you are supposed to be in a kitchen or like a like a I don't know like a pantry or, or something like that and you see it's just a normal table and a lot of it is not real instead of a body it's a rolled up carpet things like that so these things you can very easily be taken out but I think the performers do such a good job that not once throughout the three-hour runtime that I felt that I wasn't in this authentic place, this very lived-in sort of place because of how well the performers do. Yeah, and, and I definitely want to talk about the actors um, a lot more later, but I wanted to give some credit for this to the camera work. Um, so the director of photography is Brian Chang. Um, and I loved how there's... There's a real sense of this is not what a filmed performance would look like. It's not um, a camera sort of just positioning itself anonymously and filming what's happening on stage. You see things here that you'd never see if you were actually in the theatre, right? Yes. So the camera is actually circling people. Um, it, it sort of uh, gets in and out of people's expressions, sometimes diary entries and things like that. Um, but at the same time... Uh, it doesn't aim for reality. It doesn't aim for for it to look like a movie. And I think that goes to some of what you're saying. Mm. It has a very um a process driven quality which I like. It it's it's interested as much in what it takes to create a play as it does in the play itself. Yes. And there's some kind of real, I think, skill in being able to do that and, like you said, not take you out of what you're watching. And and for a three-hour play, that's actually a pretty big ask. This is a three-hour performance. Um, I kept thinking I was going to get disinterested because I've typically not loved watching filmed plays very much. But this this didn't give me that and, and I was glad. And I think because I have, when we were doing uh, months and months ago during the first MCO when we were reviewing a lot of uh, filmed plays and all. Like from West End and all. Yes. Um, yeah, there was a level of detachment to a lot of those plays, right? And I think what really works about this, the reason we feel so connected has to do with the fact that unlike, like you just mentioned, unlike a filmed play or like just a Broadway show that they put a st stationary camera there. This one is you, like a film, you're part of it because there are tracking shots, there are 360 shots, there are sound effects. Um, and and it's, it's a very weird, unpolished experience, which to me adds to it because while the camera is panning and all, you literally see the narrator uh, played by Sukanya Venugopal, she's literally there in the scenes. Reading and, stage directions. Yes, yeah. and she looks into the camera and says like, oh, act two. And as the camera, this she isn't, she's supposed to be a voice of God, right? Usually in these plays, even in movies, the narrator is this voice of God. And here she's also that, but you also see her as the camera, you know, cuts to another angle or the camera follows a character and you, you, she's just there. And what's interesting is this, this isn't mistakes, right? This isn't like, oh, she's, you accidentally see her there. I feel everything is done in a very calculated move that the performers, whether it's the, even the narrator and all that, they sort of know that, you know, there's a, it's a wink, wink kind of thing. Like we know what, what this is. 
um, we know this is unpolished, this is meant to be that way, but yet they don't cross the line to, to it's, you're not watching Deadpool, right? They, they are not winking into <laughs> the audience like that, but they, they sort of ride the line very well, I've seen. Dashan and I are talking about Unity 1918, a play that KL Pack is going to be streaming live from the 18th of March to the 29th of March. Let us know, do you enjoy uh, these online arts performances? What are some others that you've watched that you'd like to recommend? You can WhatsApp us, 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Be firmly motivated. BFM 89.9. Welcome back to Everyone's a Critic. I'm Sharmila and together with me today is Dashran from the Bigger Picture team. And we are talking about Unity 1918. It's a Canadian play by Kevin Kerr um, and revolves around events of the influenza pandemic in 1918 set in Canada. Uh, and we've been talking a little bit about, well, we've been talking quite enthusiastically about the staging and the techniques of how it's been presented. I wanted to talk about probably the biggest reason why this worked so mm-hmm. well, which is the performances. Oh. Um, I, again, have ne- not typically found, uh, especially with a lot of local shows, when theatre actors do these sorts of film performances, it's often been quite hit and miss. Mm-hmm. For me, this was impressive. It really impressed me. And I think it has to do with how, again, we talked about how this almost... Um, has one foot in each, right? It's it's kind of filmy, but it's also a play. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that works to the actor's advantage in this one. Yes. And because a lot of times I feel why, it, especially when theatre actors have to do more film style of acting and all, they either can go too hammy or, you know, and, and when you, it's not easily translatable, you know, it doesn't translate as well from theatre to, to film, that the type of performance. But here, I feel they, they found the balance when they needed to sort of um, ham it up. And I don't mean that in a, in a negative way, right? Just more in a very um, more expressive theatre sort of performative way. Um, they did it really well. But a lot of times, it's more of just the smaller moments that really stood out to me. Just moments where pretty much nothing is going on except like a couple of characters talking. And I think this is where a lot of times in a lot of plays, even in cinema, right, this is where actors can fall short because this is where, you know, it may feel unauthentic or they may feel like when one person is talking, the other one is not reacting just as well when you're really focused compared to, you know, these big moments where all all you have to do is cry, for example. It's the small moments where... Where you know it re- things really stand out, and I feel they did a fantastic job. Even early in the movie, there's a scene where <laughs> you said movie. Oh, <laughs> see, <laughs> early in the play, um, there's a scene where two characters uh, talk outside of KL Pack, and they're just you know talking about they're, they are sort of flirting with each other, and there's the chemistry there. And I feel even scenes like that, where it easily could have just been, oh my god, why do we have this cliche scene in this already three hour long movie? I did not feel that at all. I f- I felt immediately um, sort of connected to the characters and I wanted to see where these little, little romances or this family relationship, this friendship, where will it go as the, the play progresses? And I think that's it, right? It's actually essentially a um, a play of small moments. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's got this huge weighty backdrop, war, the pandemic, but it really is also a story of a small town and the various people in it. It's a it's a large cast. There are 11 actors in this. Um, 
But primarily, it hinges on uh, three sisters yes. and the way they interact with different people in the town. Um, and, you know, those sisters are played by Claudia Lau, uh, Don Cheong and Farah Rani. Um, and all three of them do such a great job. Claudia is really the sort of pin of this whole thing. Mm-hmm. She plays Beatrice. Um, I love little moments when she breaks that fourth wall. Um, you know, in a in a staged play, you would this would be the moment where she probably looks out and speaks to the audience. Yes. But the this particular show has very cleverly turned that into a looking into the camera. And I think the way Claudia delivers these performances are really, really effective. Um but also the surrounding cast, you know, they it's a very tight sort of Everyone flits in and out. And I noticed that, you know, when some of the characters haven't been around for a while, I actually started sort of missing them Mm -hmm. and wondering like, oh, I wonder what happened to that person. Oh, that person's, you know, wife died. Why haven't I heard anything? And that says a lot, again, for a performance that is quite long. Um, And I will admit that there were times when I was wondering... Is this going to go anywhere? Is there going to be a neat resolution? And it's not a spoiler to say there really is not. Mm-hmm. Um, but these little moments and interactions between different people, uh, some joyful, some really tragic, really keeps you going all through to the end. And I very much enjoyed it. You're speaking of these little moments, right? Um, I want to give a... Special mention to, I think the soldier, his, his name was Hart, right? His, John Chu. John Chu, yes, played by John Chu. And there's this fantastic scene um, where I, it, it's in the morgue or hospital, if I'm not mistaken, where he, so John Chu plays this soldier where he's this, he's blind because he came uh, from war and now he's back in his small town. And there's a scene where he talks to, um, he talks to Beatrice, which is Claudia Lowe's character, about how you know, she, he doesn't like those newspaper stories, the, the story, stories about soldiers uh, in newspapers because he says basically that, you know, the stories about soldiers in newspapers are, you know, that of hope. You know, it's, it's just these ins- big, rara inspiring stories. But in reality, these uh, the, the, what the soldiers go through is actually a lot of fear. For the most part, they are not, you know, going out guns blazing and, and winning wars. You know, they are just stuck in these small holes. They're always afraid. They are not sure what's going on. They're not sure if their own teammates have been captured, their comrades. And a lot of times he he, he just gets sort of this dark. He, the performance is so authentic and he pulls you in slowly as he's unraveling to the point where he says, you know, there are a lot of times, you know, soldiers when they're in these holes for days and days, they just defecate their pants and, and things like that. And it's such a heartbreaking and powerful scene. So I, I think uh, John Chu did a fantastic job. And he, you know, he's bandaged, his eyes are bandaged throughout. Um, I was really impressed at, again, not actually being able to interact with us because you can't see his eyes and yet delivering that performance. Yes. Um, yeah, definitely one of the standout performances for me. Um, in short, I wanted to close with asking, um, I know that you don't do theatre reviews mm-hmm. terribly often. Um, is this something you'd recommend to someone who's not necessarily a huge theatre person? Yes, I, I- it's a, it's a little bit difficult because I think if you're not a huge theater person and if you're not a huge 
movie person, like, you know, whether it's film or, or cinema or whatever, if you're not a fan of these things, I think you may not appreciate or like, like you may not find the small things. Like, you know, we were talking about how, you know, you can see the narrator in the back, you know, in the background and things. I don't know how much the average casual audience would care or find these things positive. But in terms of a story, in terms of an emotional story with loads of great, uh, small, nuanced character moments, I think it's definitely worth checking out. So Dash and I have been talking about Unity 1918. It's a play that is going to be streamed. Uh, it's going to be streamed online, presented by KLPAC. Uh, and that's happening from the 18th of March to the 29th of March. For more information, you can go to klpac.org. Tickets are priced from 35 ringgit to 100 ringgit. But let us know, you know, do you enjoy watching uh, plays online? Um, what are some good ones that you've watched that you'd like to recommend? We're always open for suggestions. You can WhatsApp us zero one. 8789 Tweet us at BFM Radio. You've been listening to Everyone's a Critic, BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to BFM.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.